Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Leah and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, July 15th, 2013. Today we're reading from the big book. You'll find us in Chapter 4, entitled We Agnostics, on page 45, the very first paragraph, beginning with lack of power, that was our dilemma. Today's readers are Judy B., Julie, Penny E., Rebecca, and Fran. The share ID number for yesterday's special edition 4799. Again, Sunday, July 14th, 4799. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Lois to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Lois, a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Very grateful to be here this morning. Number one. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory of ourselves. Oh, and we're entirely and were, when, no, excuse me, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I will pass. I will now call on Irini to read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Leah. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini, and I am a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. The 12 traditions. One, 
Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to compulsive overeaters who still suffer. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Least problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media or communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I thank you, and I pass. Thank you both. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speaker's, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book, chapter 4, We Agnostics, page 45, the very first paragraph beginning with lack of power. That was our dilemma. And I will ask Judy B. to begin reading, please. Uh, Good morning, everyone. This is Judy B., uh, recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. Lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to... find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves, obviously. But where and how were we to find this power? So this brings us to the point where we can um, review exactly where we are. You know, we, we, when we come into program, we have a lack of power. You know, we cannot control our lives. You know, as hard as we've tried, 
There is just nothing we can do to solve our problem. And we know what our problem is. You know, we cannot manage our lives. You know, we are, we are completely baffled by um, how to live in this world. And here we find that um, we need a power that can help us with this. You know, we, we don't know at this point um, much about this power, but we know that we have to have it. We have to find a power that's greater than we are. And uh, this book is going to show us how, how to do that. Um, and it's, oh, it's just, this, this reminds me of, of the time when uh, uh, Bill heard that um, he, he didn't have to believe the way he had in the past, that, that he could give up all, all notions of what he thought this power was. And, and that is just such a beautiful place to be. We just know that we have a need and that we have to find this power. And, and here we have in our hands a book that is going to show us exactly how other people did that. And we don't have to believe the same things they believed. We don't have to have uh, a higher power that's, that's like our sponsors or like other people that we meet in program. We can just know that this higher power, and it's real, will be revealed to us. And it will be revealed to us in a way that we can accept, in a way that we can understand. And, and that's what's done for us uh, in this program. I'm just, I, I, I just wanted to pause after, after that short paragraph because this is the point at which we have to understand that we have a need for this power. And this book is going to tell us how to find that. And there are no hoops to, to, jump, to jump through. We don't have to believe anything that anybody else tells us. We just have to trust that we will come to know this power and that it will help us uh, to overcome the problem that we have. Such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful message. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? This is Paula. May I share? Of course. Thank you. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Reader. You know, here's where we find ourselves. You know, the sentence before says, our human resources as marshaled by the will. Honey, I put them all together. That's to arrange the ideas. I did so many ideas were not sufficient. Not only were they not sufficient, they failed utterly. So here we come into this next paragraph. And indeed, come into this next paragraph crawling. Lack of power. That was our dilemma. Our dilemma is like, where do I go now? There's no place. That's it. And it says clearly we had to. We had to. Now it wasn't, well, maybe. I'll take a look. Oh, there are times, no, by which we could live, and that was it. I didn't know how to live. None of my life. It was starting to break down because, well, no, this is all right, but wait, it affected that too. Well, it doesn't affect my children. Wait, it affected that too. Which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves. Could there be such a power? And it ends with, obviously, but where 
That's it ends with the question, but where and how were we to find this power? Now we were really looking. We were really seeking. And it will supply the answers to the question. Thank you. With that, I do pass. Thank you. Anyone else like to comment on what was read? Star one to unmute. Well, I'll just jump in here with a quick comment. Lack of power, that was our dilemma. Uh, You know, if I could have found the power in any other way, I wouldn't be here. (laughs) Um, I came here because I had no other choice. It says we had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves. Um, You know, it's interesting. The text is not speaking here of finding a power to lift the merciless obsession. That's not what it says here, um, though that's certainly implied, and that's certainly a function, um, you know, of of this power. But the wording here, we had to find a power by which we could live, by which we could live. So really, the big book is not just simply recommending a relationship with a higher power to free me from the bakery box. It's going to start arguing or making the point for me to start uh, living by this power, to stop living by self-propulsion, to stop living by my self-sufficient ways, and to start trusting and relying and depending on a power greater than myself in order to live, in order to live. Uh, so the big book, very interesting here, there's a, there's a shift. We're not going to talk about alcohol anymore. The big book is not going to mention alcohol anymore. It's through talking about alcohol. It's going to start talking about uh, this relationship with a higher power by which we could live, by which we could live. Again, the real issue here is a living problem. It states uh, further on in the text, you know, Leaving aside the drink question, they tell, meaning the men and women who recovered, they tell why living was so unsatisfactory. We had a living problem. We were uncomfortable, uh, you know, on the planet, so to speak. It was expressed in numerous ways. Drinking was merely a symptom of that discomfort, of that discomfort. Disturbance, just like food and weight are merely symptoms of an underlying problem. And that's exactly what uh, this power allows us to do, is to live comfortably. With that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move to the next? This is Hi, Patricia. This is Elaine. I heard Melanie. Who else was there? Elaine, Patricia. Okay, Melanie Elaine Patricia, go right ahead. Hi, good morning, Leah. Good morning, everyone. My name is Melanie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Washington. And when I read this, I um, wanted to point out for myself here that lack of power, a lowercase p, then there is um, the italicized writing, which is very important, we know, with a capital P, and then it ends with a capital P in these words of power. And um, 
when I was contemplating those things, it was, it was easy for me to shift to the idea of a of a, a God of my youth kind of idea. And then how did I separate out the power that I dealt with and worked with every single day in my life, getting going on in my day, you know, executing the, the tasks that I need to undertake, um, and that in the uh, the thinking, you know, around all of that. Well, gosh, didn't I get myself going? Didn't I, you know, get myself to work? Didn't I follow through with that? Didn't I feed my family today? Didn't I do that? You know, where where was that thought from? What was that? And um, it's been the step work that's helped separate those things out for me. But the thing that I like to focus on is um, by which we could live. The power that motivated me primarily in my life was the rage and the anger, the resentment, the self-pity, all of those very things that are going to be addressed in my fourth step, that's by which I lived before. That's what motivated me. That was very strong. Rage and anger was a large part of my life, and it, um, it, it catapulted me all over the place, you know, all over the place, here and there and everywhere, and the result of that was very, 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 very bad. I couldn't see that, but I will continue to be restored to sanity in this idea with working the steps. The thing that I think overall that I wanted to share here today that helped me in being able to start upon the thought that maybe possibly was um, during a a time of contemplation on this very thing, this idea came to me that that I'm built in a certain way, in a specific way, that there is no option that idea is that I'm, I am built with no power, yet I'm going to require something to get on in my life. So I'm going to have to find some sort of aftermarket power to apply to the way I need to live in, in a way of, of integrity and sincerity and empathy and compassion and citizenship, things that I had gone away from for a long time. So it was very helpful for me to be able to get that idea that I will never have. It wasn't part of the standard equipment. It wasn't even part of an, an, a market, uh, an option that I could buy when I bought, got this model. I needed to find some sort of aftermarket idea by which I could live, which I could live inside my own skin where it was horrible, awful, terrible to be. And the big book and the steps are going to teach me how to get that. And then that's what I will strive for. That's what, that will be my yearning because of the result of that action is so far greater than ever anything that I could do. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melanie. Elaine, please. Hi, this is Elaine. I'm a recovering compulsive reader from Massachusetts. And I am so grateful to have found these meetings um, just a few weeks ago and to begin working with a sponsor after um, nearly 10 years in OA um, and attempts to work the steps because I always knew that's really where the recovery was. But I didn't get until very recently that the core of my problem wasn't eating. The core of my problem wasn't even, well, the core of my problem was my disease and comfort and lack of comfort. And that, um, you know, if I took food into my mouth, I'd immediately feel that sense of ease and comfort. And, um, what I need are the tools for living. I didn't have the coping skills when I was growing up to deal with things that were going on in my house, in my neighborhood, in my life. And, you know, I've heard people say that they were grateful that they had food, and I had several things on the list that 
with God's help, I've been able to put down, but the food has always been um, my key and primary issue. And, um, you know, anyway, I am just so grateful to find in these rooms the the truth that um, truly my problem is seeking that sense of ease and comfort and that through building a relationship with a power greater than myself through working the steps and having a spiritual awakening, I'm going to find that sense of ease and comfort on a day-to-day basis, on an ongoing basis by working the steps so that I don't want to turn to food for that sense of ease and comfort. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you and welcome, Elaine. And now Patricia. Hi, this is Patricia from North Carolina, grateful recovered <laughs> compulsive overeater. I just wanted to say about the lack of power is my dilemma. When I saw my lack of power, oh my goodness, I was so humbled. I was so humbled by the fact that I I I didn't have I didn't have it. I didn't have any I tried every single possible means to get this disease under control and I didn't have it. And then that scared me. That scared me because then what? And then it says, but where would we find this power? You know, you know, we had to find a greater a power greater than ourselves, but where would we find this power? But I had God. So so what was I missing? What was I missing? I, I didn't know and that scared me. Fear, fear got me into this program, and fear is what's what's keeping me in this program because I don't want to go back out. I mean, I don't want to go back out there, you know. And 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 so this right here to find that power was um, it was like okay, you people must know something more than I know because I am in in no offense to anybody, but I'm a Christian, and I'm like, okay, what is what am I missing here? I I, I got to be missing something. You know, and this book is teaching me, oh, my goodness, it's teaching me all about my disease. You know, this is not just an eating problem. This is a thinking problem, and my disease is crazy. And, and you know, the, every day it's like I learn something more about how I've been running my life, and all my principles that I've been living by are no good, <laughs> are no good. The way I've been living my life has been no good. So to find that power greater than myself, this book is is teaching me. I had the power. I just didn't know how to access the power. Anyways, oh, and this is what the book is teaching me, how to access the power. Anyways, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. And let's move on to the next paragraph with Julie, please. Hi, I'm Julie, a recovered compulsive overeater in California. Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. That means we have written a book which we believe to be spiritual as well as moral. And it means, of course, that we are going to talk about God. Here, difficulty arises with the agnostics. Many times we talk to a new man and watch his hope rise as we discuss his alcoholic problems and explain our fellowship but his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God, for we have reopened a subject which our man thought he had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. Um, You know, when I first read this paragraph, this was years ago, I had underlined um, 
interesting enough, enable, problem, neatly evaded, and entirely ignored. And, um, you know, I don't know when I did this because it was several years ago. But for me, you know, when it says its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than who? Me. And I know Bill, you know, he uses different words for God, Father, Creator, Maker, and it's always something that is so much bigger than me. Because, you know, for years that I, I thought I was the one who was powerful. I, I ran the shots, you know, I was controlling and I was controlling how much I ate and when I ate and when I didn't eat. And, um, you know, that didn't work very well. Not only did it get me to 277 pounds, but it got me to a state of um, manipulation, dishonesty, living with um, only what Julie does is right. And when I started, you know, to look at this differently, um, I've always been spiritual, but I would always throw away the word religious, and, and I thought that was something that was right. But I look at this, and it's like, you know, I'm, I'm melding those two together, because God has got to be so much in my life that it doesn't leave room for me to sit there and to debate about things that really doesn't matter. Um, I know that I have to um, totally let God have everything. And I would keep certain things when I would say that I had surrendered, surrendered being powerless, but I didn't. I kept, you know, I wanted to do this with my food. I wanted to do this with my kids. I wanted to be in charge of my work, you know, God really doesn't care about that. But, you know, like Leah had said a little while ago, after this page, it doesn't say anything about alcohol anymore or food. It talks about your powerlessness. You know, how do we get our power with God? So I find that interesting that, you know, no longer is this um, a program just for alcohol. It's a living problem. It tells us how to um, how to become recovered and how to find that power. So I'm excited um, to be on this journey because every day I get to remember that I'm not in charge and that I am powerless. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Julie. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Penny E. Hi, Amy. Laura. I definitely heard Penny E. Who else? Laura. Amy. Hi. Laura. And there was another voice. Hi, Amy. Okay. Penny E, Laura, Haya, Amy. Go ahead, Penny. Thank you. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, everybody. My name is Penny E. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Grateful, grateful, grateful for for everything today. Anyway, um, just a reminder, we are reading to we agnostics. That's the chapter we're in. Agnostics, God's existence can't be proved. Okay, so if I'm in that category or even an atheist, I'm up the old creek, the old disease creek, because if we haven't gotten it by now, uh, what they're really driving home to us is that we need a power greater than ourselves to restore us to sanity if we are to recover. It's pretty clear. So, uh, it's really, what I love is, well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is in t- to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. But I don't believe there is a God. So, you know, I always heard in the rooms, thank God I, I didn't have this problem, but there are lots of people, you know, who do, who, who are there. And I heard very early on that I'd rather believe that there is a God and find out that there's none 
than not believe in God and find out that there is one. That would be a bummer, a real bummer. Um, I also find it very interesting on page 29, um, I think it's the second paragraph, it says in here, each individual in the personal stories describe in his own language and from his own point of view the way he established his relationship with God. Very clear. It's not saying how he stopped drinking. It's not saying how he stopped going to bars for cigarettes, how he stopped going to saloons for sandwiches, how he had to take alternate routes and not go by state stores in Pennsylvania or liquor stores. It doesn't say that. It says these are the stories about how they established a relationship with a power greater than ourselves. I'm thinking if there is anybody on the line, you know, prayer. Just have an open mind. Just have an open mind. Also, doctor, prayer for an open mind. Prayer, pray for an open mind, you know, because without this power, if we can't get this power or even have an open mind to it, we're up that old creek, as I said. Um, something else I was going to say, and I forgot because I interrupted my own self. Um, but anyway, oh, I know what I wanted to say. When I first got my fourth edition book, uh, I mean, I, very early on, I, I realized that this book was about a higher power. It was about God. And I wanted to prove it to myself, and I wanted to prove it to other people. So I very meticulously, if that's the word, bought beautiful little uh, clips, paper clips, all different colors, purple, blue, turquoise, whatever. And every place in the first one, uh, 164 pages, I put a little paper clip where it referred to God or a higher power or something like that. Uh, so this book is pretty old at this point, and I keep finding them. I must have 75 to 100 paper clips just on the first 164 pages. The, the book is swollen, swollen up with paper clips, and I love to look at it. This is a reminder. This is what Bill and the first 100 are trying to tell us. This book is about God. This book is about God. This book is about God. Thanks for letting me share, everybody. Have a God-filled day. Thank you, Penny. Laura, please. Hi, everybody. Good morning. This is Laura, recovered from South Jersey. Um, I just wanted to say, again, a, a reminder that we're in we agnostics. And what are we reminded of what agnostics means? Ag means without. Gnostics means, out, means knowledge. So without knowledge. It's not that they're speaking to people who don't necessarily have any sort of God in their life. It's just that they, they don't have the knowledge yet to know that their higher power or a higher power or something greater than themselves can save their life. And I love when he says that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself which will solve your problem. It doesn't say which will help you solve your problem. It doesn't say which, which could help you solve your problem. It will help, it, it will solve your, our problem. And what hope that gives me, you know, what, what joy that gives me that okay, let me follow what this book says and my problems will be solved. And even on page 29, and there is a solution. It says further on, clear-cut directions are given showing how we recovered. It doesn't say how, you know, we put the alcohol down or how we um, walked around sober. It's recovered. It's such hope. It's such freedom. And, you know, like everybody said, this book tells me that I'm hopeless without a spiritual power. Only God can help me. And, um, and it doesn't try to convince me 
of the existence of God or, or whatever. It just tries, it just shows me and approves to me that I need a power greater than myself to solve my problem and which will solve my problem. So I just, I just love that. So that's all I have. Thanks. I pass. Thank you. Chaya, you're next. Hi. Hi, thank you. Hi, this is Chaya, also known as Dana, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic. Um, first of all, I love. I want to welcome the new people, and I love this meeting because I love that we focus on the paragraph that's being read at the time. Um, and I just have a couple of things to say about it. One is, um, again, it's saying this is exactly what the book is about. Um, so if there's any wonder about why, why we read this book, this is the point. Um, to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. But it also teaches us a little bit about how we approach new people. And you know, when it, I, I can just tell you that when I came to OA, I ran out the door because they talked about God. And um, so I was one of those people, and I am uh, happy to say today that I have a loving, very, very close relationship with a power greater than myself today, which I choose to call God. But it says here. Um, here difficulty arises with agnostics. Many times we talk to a new man and watch his hope rise as we discuss his alcoholic problems and explain our fellowship, but his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters. It's giving me the order here. A lot of times people, you know, come kind of like what Evie did. I got religion. You know, we, we, we come and we, we talk about the solution. But what it's telling me here is, First, we talk about the problem, identify with the problem. Then we explain our fellowship, that there is a support system. And then we explain, then we talk about the solution, which is God. So um, just a little uh, foreshadowing here to, um, you know, when we get to working with others. But I just noted that when I was reading it this morning with all of you, that it's teaching me how to, um, you know, when I am speaking to somebody. But I'm very, very grateful that the solution is, uh, a power greater than me, because I could not save me from me, and you could not save me from me, but God can. Thank you. Thank you. Amy, you're up. Good morning. My name is Amy. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Wow, awesome meeting. Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself. Well, again, I'd like to also piggyback on the idea of the transition that's happening here. If we're to review, we've just gone through three chapters. We've had a doctor validate and explain what's going on. What is the disease about alcoholism? It's a twofold disease. It's a physical, it's a physical allergy and a mental obsession. We've had Bill's stories. We've had stories of Fred and Jim about the more, and more about alcoholism, about the clear mental twist that is devastating to us. It leaves us utterly powerless this disease, that this is true lack of power and true powerlessness. And then we get to we agnostics, where the solution is. And, if, and I just want to say to those out there that if you're having trouble here with this chapter, stop, go back. Go back and take a look because we need to believe through our heart and our soul that we are what we say we are, that I am a compulsive overeater, that this disease has me beat, and that I am utterly powerless. I have no power whatsoever. If I don't understand that and I don't believe that, when we come to this chapter and it talks about this is what this book is about, we're going to say, say what? Because I'm still going to be trying to do it on my own if that's the way I'm thinking. 
I'm going to try to marshal my will once again. I was hoping this book is talking about how to control my diet, how to learn how to eat moderately, how to eat my binge foods moderately. No, 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 no. We come to this chapter, they're done, they're transitioning. You either believe it and understand that we have a solution where over hundreds of us have recovered. We have a way for you that you're willing to believe or go back. Because if we don't, and if we don't believe in a power greater ourselves, why is that? Well, let's go to how it works. It says that some of these steps we blocked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Those old ideas, my conception of God, I too was agnostic. I was at my first Overeaters Anonymous meeting, dying of this disease, and I heard the word God. I got up and I walked out of the meeting. Luckily, praise God, you guys followed me out, and someone talked to me about this program. And what they did, is they reinforce the powerlessness of this disease because that is what made me at least willing to believe. Willing to believe. You know how many times believe is mentioned in this first 164 pages? 29 times. You think they're trying to tell us something here? 29 times I had to believe, I had to buy in, and I had to go all the way in. And that was also the willingness it took to say, my old ideas my threadbare ideas about God, my conception about God, I am going to toss them out the window. I am going to believe, at least be willing to believe in you all and what this book has to say, that there is a solution here and that you're going to show it to me. You're just telling me this is what this book is about. So, okay, I'm going to go that far. I'm going to believe in a power greater than myself that is outside of myself because of myself I cannot. It has to be a power greater and outside of myself. And at first it was the power of the group and those who had recovered before. And then it evolved. And then it continued to evolve to a relationship with a higher power that I consider I couldn't even imagine my life without. But but the beginning was about the willingness. And I was terrified of going back. That's why I keep saying if you can't get past this chapter, go back to the first three. Go back. Because this chapter is pivotal. We have to believe it with all our heart and soul. That's what I had to do. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? It's Rick. Rick, go ahead. This is Sharon in Denver. Rick and then Sharon, please. Go ahead, Rick. Good morning. Good morning. It's Rick, a compulsive overeater. The last uh, part of that paragraph we have reopened a subject which our man thought he had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. Thought. That's what this chapter is about. It's for people that thought that they didn't need God. They're telling us that even if you don't believe or you haven't got a concept of God, there are other people that were just like you, just like me, so I thought I had evaded this problem. I thought I had put it out of my head. I thought I didn't need it. This chapter tells us how we can avoid that problem and how we can get around it. And um, so it doesn't say that you, you can get by without believing. It's just saying that if you think you don't believe, that there is a set of directions that will 
give us that relationship with the power greater than ourselves. Thanks. I'll pass. Thank you, Rick. Sharon, go ahead. Sharon, you'll need to press star one to unmute. Me? Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, okay. Thanks. Okay, I think that first sentence uh, in the paragraph above, lack of power was our dilemma. And if we wanted to live, we had to find a power greater than ourselves. And then it says, where do we find this power? And then the next paragraph says, okay, this is what we're going to talk about now. We're going to be in uh, talking about God. And here difficulty arises with agnostics. And I had grown up with the childhood religion and then turned my back on it in my late 20s. And so when I came into these programs, I was an agnostic. I didn't believe there was no God, but I didn't believe I needed God. And so there was a long period of of coming to terms, and it was through the devastation of the disease in another program that brought me to my knees. But then that same skeptic idea came back into my mind when it came to this compulsive eating. I did not believe the seriousness. I did not believe it was the same issue. I still wanted to believe that in that area of my life, I would be able to find a way to manage it and control it so I could also have my binge foods and just learn how to eat them um, without uh, you know, killing myself in the process. So I am very grateful to this chapter, um, and I am so grateful to know that this is the solution. Uh, When they say we're going to talk about God and it's going to be a lot about God, and I'm doing my fourth and fifth step, and believe me, I see on every page self-pity, anger, judgment, uh, bad attitude, bad attitude. I mean, that's where my head went again. So I am just so grateful to be going through this book for the second time, and I am so grateful by God's grace and mercy that I am abstinent, and I plan to continue to listen and work the steps so that I may be set free. And thank you for everybody on the line, and thank you for all of your service, and with that I pass. Thank you very much, Sharon. I'll jump in here with a a couple of comments. Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. As was previously uh, stated, you know, it will solve our problem, uh, not enable us to solve it. This power greater than ourselves will solve our problem. These pages were penned by ex-problem drinkers. (laughs) The merciless obsession had been driven out. That obsession of the mind um, had been expelled. These pages were written by ex-problem drinkers. There is a goal and an objective and an aim here, and it is to get to a place called recovered, to be ex-problem compulsive overeaters, right? The face page of this text says the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. There is an object here. <laughs> if you don't know where you're going, going, any road will get you there. We know where we're going. We know the object. It's to enable us to find a power greater than ourselves which will solve our problem. That is the object of the text. 
that's what the clear-cut directions uh, lead us to. It, it, the book is designed to bring about an experience which will solve our problem. We can have an experience that moves us from page to page. We're compelled to read on and to have this experience, this spiritual experience, this spiritual awakening through these directions. And of course it says here, here difficulty arises without agnostics. Many times we talk to a new man and watch his hope rise as we discuss his alcoholic problems and explain our fellowship. But his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God, for we have reopened a subject which our man thought he had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. I mean, thank God for Bill Wilson and his fellows, right? Because he knew how we were going to feel when we got to these pages. You know, thank God he knew that based on old ideas that many of us have about God, it would be impossible for some of us to take this leap. So this chapter was designed to give us some more information and to give me some new ideas about God so I can discard some of my old ideas about God and then I can make a decision about God, a new decision about God. You know, the big book has done a very good job in the previous chapters of uh, teaching me that my willpower (laughs) ain't going to work. I can't stay food sober, so to speak, can't stay abstinent on my willpower because the obsession of my mind is stronger than my will. There's only one thing that's going to be stronger than my mind, and that's he who created my mind. Because the mind that created the problem, my mind, cannot be the same mind that solves the problem. (laughs) I need a new mind. I need to transcend the intellect. I need a spirit-guided mind. Food and weight was just a symbol of my separation from God. So the big book is making it very clear here that to recover, to, for someone like me, a real compulsive overeater, in order to recover, I have to forge a relationship with God. I must rightly relate myself to God. Now, there's a spirit of accommodation here, absolutely a spirit of accommodation. But the big book is making it very clear that, you know, Leah, you might want to change your mind. Or die. There you go. How about that? <laughs> Either, Leah, change your mind or, or eat yourself to death. No door number three for Leah. And with that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Penny, Penny C. Penny C, go ahead. Hi, good morning, everybody, and thank you for this meeting. Um, I'm Penny C. from Massachusetts, a recovered compulsive overeater. The part is just one phrase that really, really speaks to me this morning, and that's that the power greater than myself, which will solve my problem. You know, I didn't need, when I came, um, I had had a really, really strict religious upbringing, and I considered myself moral, and and, uh, and I thought I knew all there was to know about my, my God. But the one thing that I needed, so in this area I was agnostic, I didn't have a God that I believed could solve my problem, the problem of compulsive overeating. I knew that God could do everything else, I all-powerful, You know, we use the big word omnificent, could do anything, anything. 
But with me, it was an accept. Accept, solve my, my compulsive overeating. Never did I think about asking God to, to help me with this problem. So that was the difference. Uh, I was close to learning any more about God because I didn't think that that was going to solve my problem at all. I already had a God. So that, that, that phrase, you know, which could solve my problem, that was a new, a new concept of a higher power for me. So in some ways, I was without knowledge. I was agnostic because I didn't have the knowledge that there was a higher power and that that higher power, my new concept of my higher power, was someone who was interested in everything about Penny. Every single aspect I could bring anything to him, including this, this, what I thought was just a weight problem. So with that, I'll pass. I'm very grateful this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Let's move on to the next paragraph now with Penny E., please. Hi, Penny E. recovered from South Jersey. We know how he feels. We have shared his honest doubt and prejudice. Some of us have been violently anti-religious. To others, the word God brought up a particular idea of him with which someone had tried to impress them during childhood. Perhaps we rejected this particular conception because it seemed inadequate. With that rejection, we imagined we had abandoned the God idea entirely. We were bothered with the thought that faith and dependence upon a power beyond ourselves was somewhat weak even cowardly, we looked upon this world of wearing individuals, wearing theological sy- symptoms, and inexplicable, whatever, calamity with deep skepticism. We looked askance at many individuals who claimed to be godly. How could a supreme being have anything to do with it at all? And who could comprehend a supreme being anyhow? Yet in other moments, we found ourselves thinking, when enchanted by a starlit night, who then made all this? There was a feeling of awe and wonder, but it was fleeting and soon lost. And I'm going to pass. Thank you, Penny. Would anyone like to comment on what was read? This is Leah. This is Katie. This is Leah, and then Leah, Katie, Paula. Go ahead, Leah. Um, I'm Leah, and I'm a covering compulsive overeater and we're talking about God and we're talking about higher power and I had God in my life and I had that higher power in my life and when I came into these rooms I said oh no this is not for me I don't know what they want I don't know what they're talking about and what I learned from these rooms and from these phone meetings is that I have to trust I have to trust and I have to give myself and I have to let go. I have to let God and let go. And I never understood it until I actually practiced it on my own. And I saw so many other things happening in my life. And I said, oh, my God, you are there. It is true if you really, really completely trust and let go. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. Katie, please go ahead. This is Katie. Am I unmuted? Yes. Okay. 
Um, well, this is a huge <laughs> paragraph, but um, you know, it just sums up exactly uh, where I was. I'm Katie, a recovered compulsive reader in Virginia, and um, we look askance at many individuals who claim to be godly. Um, you know, uh, I wanted to believe what what others believed, but I thought I did. That was, you know, I thought I did believe in God. I thought God didn't believe in me. And I also thought that um, uh, this last sentence, there was a feeling of awe and wonder, but it was fleeting and soon lost. Because I thought that I, if I did believe in this God, then it would mean that I would have to... Uh, become like these people that I thought were so wimpy and, and uh, you know, so dependent and, and that just seemed too scary to me. And I just didn't believe that God really cared about my eating problem. It just, you know, there's diets galore. There's, there's all this um, literature and information out there on how to lose weight. So, you know, it couldn't possibly be that I needed to surrender. And I just thought... Katie, we lost you. Star one, unmute. Okay. Um, I just thought that I was missing something in how I approached um, life, but I couldn't believe that it was finding God because I thought I already knew God. And But in that previous sentence, it talks about um, finding a God who will help us to solve our problem. And obviously, the God that I had wasn't helping me to solve my problem, so I had to find a new higher power. And in these rooms, I found people who were recovered, and I looked at them and said, they have something that I want, and I was willing to do what they did until... I truly believed that there was power in my own life. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Paula, please go ahead. Hello again. This is Paula, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I'm just going to back up one line, and not one line, the next paragraph. That means we have written a book which we believe to be spiritually as well as moral. And in this book, in this textbook, means truthfully honest truthfully honest. And then I'm going to go down to that first line. We know how we feel. Truthfully honest. We have shared his honest doubt and prejudice. Have we not? This is not something that I didn't want to share with you. But there was doubt and prejudice. And until I came to that place, I could go no further. And then I'm going to come to go to the scoot right on down to that last line. That last line where it says, yet in other moments we found ourselves thinking when enchanted by a starlit night, who then made all this? There was a feeling of awe and wonder, but it was fleeting and soon lost. May we join Bill here at Winchester Cathedral? Do you remember that moment at 12? The real significance of my experience in the cathedral burst upon me. For a brief moment, I had needed and wanted God. There had been a humble willingness to have him with me, and he came. But soon the, presence, the sense of his presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors, mostly those within myself. You know, we see on the first page, and again, our Bill's story. 
Winchester Cathedral. We landed in England. I visited Winchester Cathedral. Much moved. What moved Bill in Winchester Cathedral? He tells you God himself. God himself. So yes, I too doubted. And I too had those moments of feeling of awe and wonder, but it was fleeting and soon lost. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. And thank you to everyone who has shared this morning. We'll revisit this paragraph tomorrow morning. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Rebecca, will you please read a vision for you? This is Rebecca S. from Connecticut, a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.